0: Hey team, welcome back to My Business Playbook. It is so, so good to have you with me today. Now, today's episode looks a little bit different. I actually joined my friend Anita from Fetty on her podcast that is called Fetty, super fun. And we talked about how to create a strategic marketing plan. And I thought, do you know what? We should share this with our audience too. So this episode is actually Anita interviewing me. We are switching hats, switching roles for this episode. You're going to love it. I share six steps to create a strategic marketing plan, why messaging and copy is key when it comes to marketing what you do, and the one thing you can do now to increase your visibility. And also I share the biggest myth there is when it comes to marketing. Oh my goodness sounds like a lot, actually. She makes me, th- these are her show notes. So it makes me sound really good. Um, I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. Thanks so much, Anita, for letting me share this. And I hope that you find this really helpful. Alrighty. Love your work.
1: Hello, Brandfetti Fetty family, and welcome back to another episode with me and my lovely guest today, Laura. Laura, welcome to Brand Fetty. Thank you so much for having
0: me. I'm so excited to be here.
1: Yay. Now, Laura is a marketing strategist and a coach for creative business owners. I want her to kind of tell you a little bit about, I guess, her journey to how she landed where she is, though. And I already know the story, but I want her to tell you. Uh, So, Laura, (laughs) tell us what led you to doing, I guess, what, what you're doing now.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm a marketing strategist and coach for creatives and I work mostly with service providers and I really help people to create a marketing plan that is holistic and sustainable and allows them to cut through the noise. And I started, uh, really, I started in sales. (laughs) I was working in sales for a specialty coffee roaster and I was, before that, I was a barista. So I was making coffee and I loved <gasps> coffee. Yeah. And so then we I- We love people like you. <laughs> we love <laughs> We love the good coffee. So I started working in sales and I was just terrible at it. I had no experience. I had no idea what I was doing. And I would kind of arrive at cafes and- try to sell them our coffee to be like, do you want to stock this coffee in your cafe? (laughs) Um, And pretty much by the end of the conversation, I'd be like backwards, kind of like moonwalking (laughs) myself
1: out, just like, anyway, forget (laughs) I was here. Don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) You feel bad and then you buy a coffee and you're like, I'm down. (laughs) (laughs) Totally.
0: (laughs) Totally. I pretty much talked them out of uh, going with our brand. Anyway, then my... um, my boss was like, Hey, look, this whole Instagram thing seems to be a bit of a vibe, you know, and this was years ago. And I was like, okay, like I could give that a go. And I had a little bit of background in design, a little bit of background in photography. Like I just was a creative. I just loved doing, making stuff. I loved writing. I loved, I loved kind of anything creative. So social media was kind of this beautiful mix of all of those things. So I just started figuring out how to really grow their Instagram as a business and how to start like designing their website. So I just figured things out on the go. And then fast forward, I worked with them, helped them really grow their online platforms and then was like, I I think I'm going to start my own thing. So started my business on the side, um, kept working kind of a little bit with them and Then eventually went full-time in my business. This is like such a short version of the story, but went full-time in my business. (laughs) And, and I started by doing social media management. So from there, I realized, oh my goodness, this is a 24 seven job. (laughs) Like I cannot have a weekend. I've got to like, I've got to be online for all these brands that I manage. And like, I was working with mortgage brokers, I was working with um, people in skincare, I was working with cafes, I was working mm-hmm. with wineries and all of a sudden I needed to be an expert in all these things and I realised this is not a good way for me to go. <laughs> I cannot,
1: mm-hmm. I-, I can't
0: grow this. So I moved into um, strategy and consulting and really that's where my business kind of really took off because I could I had more scale, I could help more people and I didn't need to be an expert in the tasting notes All of the a things. particular yeah. you know, <laughs> kind of thing. So I could I could actually um, help people to do it themselves and help them to not have to outsource and spend, you know, loads of money working with someone like me, they just needed to work with me to coach them and give them a plan. Um, And now, and so that was kind of like 2.0 of the business and now 3.0 is I don't do, we don't really do any one-on-one anymore. We just do group coaching. Um, So we have My Marketing Playbook, which is our six-week marketing program for creative service providers. And then we have The Next Level Club, which is our 12-month personalized group coaching program which we've just launched so it's it's awesome because it means that we can help more people in a really more specific and personalized way which I really really love and I love helping creatives to to grow their business and to scale because that was the thing when I started I had no idea about how to do that I was good at my craft but I wasn't good at growing a business I didn't know how.
1: Oh my gosh! so exciting it's It's interesting how you mentioned too as soon as you started niching niching um uh, you know your business began to grow right because i think it's almost one of those things i don't i I always use the example of like doctors surgeons and you know all your specialists but it's almost like you're willing to pay for that specialist you're willing to obviously if you've got like i don't know a for some reason i was like a nose a nose thing you'll go see a nose specialist or something like that you know instead of just simply a GP so it's like as soon as we start niching Niching, niching, um, whatever you want to call it, depending where you're tuning in from. Um, We often think that it is going to shut us out from, you know, more work, but it's actually going to really propel you. So I love that. Love, 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 love. (laughs) So I'm going to jump straight in. I want to ask, I've got a series of questions all around marketing and strategic marketing because we don't want to just like, throw spaghetti on the wall, yeah. So mm-hmm. one of the first questions that I had was what do you feel, you know, through your experience, what is the biggest misconception that people have when it comes to marketing?
0: I think people uh, put marketing because we have – it's it's such an interesting time because you think about it. Before social media, we didn't have an app on our phone that allowed us to sell things right like it wasn't like mm. we could just jump on and and engage with people engage with our customers online so i think there's an element of people not realizing people focusing on the apps not on the overall strategy. Mm. So, rather than thinking like we can fixate because it's so easy to do because it's like, well, this is an app on my phone. It's Instagram, it's TikTok, it's Pinterest, it's whatever, LinkedIn. And I've got, I I can do things on this app that can, that kind of can uh, move the needle. But we forget about, okay, well, what, what's your overall strategy? What's your brand voice? And I know that you are like the pro at this. What's, how do you want to sound? What, what's your tone? What, what's happening on your website? What's happening in your ads? What's your sales process? So while we can really zoom in on one thing, we can forget about Mm. the overarching strategy. And I think my big thing is that I always say to people is Instagram is not a marketing plan. It's part Mm -hmm. of a plan. It's it's a great mm-hmm. part of it. It's a really powerful part of it, but it cannot be your entire marketing plan. And that's why when Instagram changes an algorithm or does an update, it sends us reeling because we're like reeling for want of a better word. It, <laughs> it freaks us out.
1: It freaks us fun out. intended.
0: Yeah, fun <laughs> intended. No, but it freaks us out because we're like, oh my gosh, this, this is my whole... Yeah my whole business is dependent on this one thing. So I think the biggest misconception that I see is people fixating on one part when they really should look at, okay, what is the big picture? And you think about it like if you're making pancakes and you've got like I I, honestly I'm kind of trying to remember what is in a pancakes recipe. There's definitely flour. There's definitely eggs. There's definitely (laughs) like is there butter in there? No. Yes.
1: yes. Oh, okay. okay. It goes on. So you it put goes the on on
0: top. You put the butter on top. The maple <laughs> okay. syrup goes on top. But if you okay, if you just made pancakes with if you only focused on the flour, your pancake is going to taste really quite bad. If you don't have the balance of all of the key things and all of the key ingredients, the end result is something that is what nobody wants, right? So, we actually yes. need to have all of the ingredients in the right proportions to one another. It doesn't matter yes. if you've got a website, you're running some ads, you're doing Instagram, you're doing Pinterest, you're doing whatever. If you don't have the right ratios of those things, if you don't dedicate the right um, like amounts to those things, amounts of time, effort, resource, you're actually going to end up with something that's way out of balance and and isn't actually very good. (laughs) So thinking about it like a pancake is, is the way to go. And, and understanding that there is a sweet spot for each of the things and each of them have their part, but we can't go all in on one particular thing and forget about the other parts.
1: Yes, and I love food analogies, especially on a, in the mor- on a morning. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, I'm hungry. Maybe that's why. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Me all the time. Uh, but to, to add on to what you were saying there, Laura, it's, oh my gosh, so true. Like, it's one of those things where I think, you know, we're chatting before we start recording. It's almost like, you know... It, ads for example you can pump money on ads sure and i think people whether it's google ads facebook ads whatever but the thing is for example if your website is not optimized for conversion and you've got three million uh you know pop-ups and or it takes like three minutes to load or your copy is not speaking to the person people are going to bounce off anyway and you've just paid 60 dollars for a lead for for, for through google uh and and uh, social media for example like you said like you can have the best reel, the best TikTok and all of that. But again, if you are just leaving all your audience on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, and I don't know, Elon Musk comes and buys it out and decides to do something else with it, which anyone really can because it's a rented platform, yeah. then your business goes down with it. You know, So I love mm. how you mentioned that. If it, it is all interconnected. It's a system. It's a full-blown system. Yeah. But people always think first to... I need to build my social media following. I need to get more yes. likes. I need to get more views on my reels. But it's, you, would, um, you yeah. would find
0: this too, Anita, like you can write the most compelling, beautiful, creative copy, but if the design of the website doesn't work, it, it, yeah. it means that you can have this part really right. But if the other components aren't right, you, you're you kind of just like, well, we, we can't. We can't expect if we invest in one area that the other areas will will work themselves out. It is a, they're all interconnected. It's like this glorious little web and we need to, and it's also a work in progress, right? I find that yeah. it's like, we're always optimizing. We're always like, always. nothing in our marketing is set and forget. We're always thinking, okay, cool. How could we make that better? How could we... Change up that page. How could we make that convert better? So it's not just like, I think a lot of the time people are like pursuing the, oh my gosh, I need to get my funnel perfect, or I need to get my Instagram perfect, or I need to get my Instagram perfect, and it's like that pursuit is is, is not the goal. Cool. The goal is to no. get it. How can we be improving this week by week, month yes. by month? How can we be iterating this as we go? And so for anyone who feels pressure to get it perfect. You can actually just breathe because you don't need to get it perfect. You just need to be, you need to have the tools and you need to have the system to, and a bit of a framework to follow to go, how could I make this better? How can I improve this? Um, And doing it regularly rather than doing a big overhaul once every 12 months.
1: Yes. Because the work is never done, and it's yes. always going to be with technology. And then there's Web three, and then there's like all these other things. It's never done, and I yeah. think that's where people always get blocked and don't even end up hitting post because they're yeah. trying to make it perfect. So um, I love that. It's it's uh, actually I'm gonna. This was actually a question I had later on, but it, it's totally now. But when it comes to then creating a system or a marketing mm. plan, then. When people are like, okay, but I just need to, you know, that sounds all great and all, but like I just need to get leads in, or I just need to, I just need to survive right now. Like, how do you, I guess, begin to even think about, or how do you even start formulating a marketing plan? Do you have any, um, I guess, steps that you can share as to how someone can, if they've never really sat down to think about creating a marketing plan, how?
0: Yeah. Totally. So we, we have six key elements that we consider when we think about a marketing plan and the, the kind of elements that I believe that every business needs to consider when they think about their marketing, at least as a baseline, there are other things you could add, but as a baseline, I think the first thing you need to consider is your messaging. So how do you want to communicate? What is your message? What is your offer? What is it that you are actually, what problem are you solving? That's kind of like ground zero. And and I believe in marketing, the best communicator wins. And of course, Anita, you like help people to do that. And it's, I think that's really, if you don't have this foundational thing right, I would encourage you to come back to, okay, what is like, what is the statement I would I would say when someone asks me what do what do you do, if you can't say it in a sentence, then you need to work on your messaging. You need to work on okay your communication. So that's that's kind of first step, and that's where we you know you look at your niche, you look at your audience, who who your ideal client is, all of that stuff. The second element is brand, and so it's <clears throat> pardon me, the second element is brand. So it's really important that you have consistency and clarity in your branding. So the look and feel um, equally with the tone and the words that you use. So it's really important that you have both of those things working together. A lot of people invest in the look and feel. They know that, oh, these colors are beautiful. This logo looks really great. But the tone of voice and the, the words that you use, the thing is, and Anita, I know I'm preaching to the choir right now but the words you use are the things that sell. And so like brand and look and feel is really powerful and we have to get those the the visual communication and the verbal communication right. So that's like super important. Third element is your website. So when you're like you're building you you kind of communicating with clarity, you're building this brand, you're you're using the visual and verbal communication then you've got to lead them to a home base that converts and that communicates um, your services, the value that you have, your products, all those things. This is like a huge one. I really believe that a lot of people need to look at their website on mobile. You need to look at your website on desktop, get friends to look at it in different like Safari or Chrome or different like browsers to see how it looks because that's really um, something that a lot of people overlook. Fourth element is social media. So this is where we look at, okay, what is your overarching social media strategy to begin with? And then what what platforms do you need to be on? So lead with strategy first. So what are our core messages? What are our core content pillars? What do we want to say? When do we want to say it? Lead with that first and then go into, okay, well, this is how it would look on LinkedIn. This is what it would look like on TikTok or on Instagram or Wherever else, Facebook. It's important to lead with strategy first for that because then it means that when new algorithms come in or when new uh, platforms show up, you're just adjusting. You've got your strategy, you're just adjusting the delivery for the platform, right? And mm-hmm. then number five is email list. So that's where it's really great for us to be leading people from our social media onto our email list, which is an audience that we own. Um, And then we, you know, continue to connect with them, to nurture them, to sell to them in that, in that space. And then the final element is Facebook ads or Google ads, really just any type of ads. And that's where we really want to amplify what we're doing. The thing that I see a lot of people do is they're like, oh, I'm just going to throw a bit of money behind, you know, that particular post. And it's like, if I played guitar right now and I couldn't play a single chord, if I just put if I plugged it into an amp, that's not going to make my <laughs> guitar playing sound any better, right? <laughs>
1: like it's just not. <laughs> I love these analogies. Yes.
0: it's not going to make it sound better. It's so yes, yeah, It's yes, like yes. actually, you've got to make sure it's it's working and it's it's solid before you start putting ad spend behind it right? So, that's the final step in the process. Mm. So, to recap, messaging, brand, website, socials, email list, and ads. That's our kind of system that we work through for like how you can create a baseline of something really um, solid and and kind of treat it like a system.
1: Heck, yes. I'm just here like, yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. And it's, you know what? It's one of those things where to add on to what you were mentioning at the beginning, where it's like the biggest misconception. People jump straight to social media, like yeah. social media sat like towards like the. I, I wrote wrote these down like fourth or fifth on your list, yeah. and it's it's and all of these things. And of course, I'm a copywriter, so I'm going to be like, well, all of these things also have words. Like if you yes. can't communicate what you do and why what you do and how you do it is different in a way that is clean and succinct without you having to justify it, then again, you've lost the person. (laughs) And then the brand, I love how you mentioned how people jump straight to the visual. It's true. It's pretty. It's a fun thing, right? But that will grab attention. Without words, though, your brand is just an attention grab. (laughs) Like, that is it. You're not driving people to the third element, which you mentioned, which is the website, which is really the home. And Mm. ultimately, where everything pretty much goes to, like from ads to socials to you speaking in front of someone, they're going to land on your website. So, if that's not optimized to show them where they need to go, then again, they're going (laughs) to go. They're going to go elsewhere. So, I love how you stepped us through those six elements. Where do you feel like, I guess visibility when someone is really struggling with visibility and I feel like this is a really timely um Mm. thought starter for us to dive into because I think the last two years have been quite interesting for the online business world I feel like you know it's also not the standard I will probably say because it was a very different um it definitely propelled a lot of online businesses, no doubt. And innovation happened. All of the creativity juices happened. But the thing is, I think we are also latching on the fact that we still think everyone is still at home and wanting to, for example, using online courses, wanting to you know, learn and wanting to uh, absorb knowledge when that's starting to shift a little. You know, they want to learn differently. They still want to learn, but it might look different now. So, yep. I guess if you're a business and you're like, okay, cool, all of that sounds nice, Lauren and Anita, but like, how do I, I'm struggling with visibility now because there's so much noise, there's so many other course creators, there's so many other insert whatever it is, mm. and people <laughs> at the moment are a little bit wobbly in terms of investing in whatever it is, the service. Yeah. Yeah. How would you approach that if someone came to you Laura and was just like I'm struggling with visibility now like it's so hard.
0: Yeah, this is such it's such a good question and I think I really believe actually what it comes down to is your offer. I think when when you have an offer that is well Think about when COVID happened, we all had to shift our offers. We all had to shift the way we delivered um, to people and mm. because the values shifted, right? Yeah. And we have to be able to speak to where people are at and, and give them clarity on what the outcome will be. So I find for service providers, it's it's thinking about how can we creatively solve this problem or give someone a quick win, I think the quick wins in the offers are really important, especially at the moment, because you know, if, if you could give someone like, Hey, in 12 months time, you're going to be here when the world is changing so quickly, 12 months feels like a really long time. So if we can, you know, zoom it in, well, in 30 days, we could get you to this point point. Like, can you be out like can you offer something that's a quicker win in a shorter time frame? Because while everyone else maybe is still doing the same types of offers where it's long-term investment of time or, or money or whatever it is, could you come in and do something a little different where it's like, hey, we're gonna do this and we're gonna make it easy for you to say yes. So I think when people are um also when people are uh worried about the economy I think it's really important to to not um not just ignore and override that um but to kind of also not to think no one's spending so it's this f- delicate balance isn't it where it's like oh my gosh
1: like we need people, to are actually- yeah. people are definitely still spending yeah people are definitely still spending money's gone out still <laughs>
0: and that's the thing I find I have to be very mindful because I feel like as a creative I can be a bit of a sponge and, like, if I watch too much of the news, I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah. people, like, you know, this is yeah. going to be terrible. But we're having the biggest months we've ever had. So yeah. people are still spending, but they might be spending for different reasons. So I think when you're thinking about um, how can I get people to to engage and see what I'm doing and go, oh, my goodness, that's different, we need to think about the offer. Uh, that would be, that would kind of be the big one, I would think. And then I think as well, get scrappy. Like if you, if you want to get seen, can you do some collaborations? Can you do something that's a bit more organic that doesn't cost you? Like, you know, um, Collaborosaurus is a great example of like, can you partner with someone who has a really like similar audience to you and can, can you work with someone like that? I think that's a really great way if you don't want to spend loads of money, but if you want to get in front of more eyeballs, that's a really powerful way to do it. Um, and, you know, there if you want to get scrappy, like jumping into Facebook groups, connecting with people one-on-one, like doing mm. for one person what you wish you could do for every single person who followed you or engaged with you. So, like, coming back to that personal connection, I think, as well, is is really important.
1: And we often forget that, don't we? We often forget that, <laughs> you know, social media was there to strengthen relationships, not yes. replace relationships. Yeah. And even to what you mentioned, uh, at the heart of it, that is the one constant, humans. Stop trying to, you know, focus so much on these tactics or these like quick quick things that only zero in on that like one thing, let's just say, on reels, but really consider overarchingly getting to take the time to understand the human that you're solving this problem for. Because if you're in business, you're in the business of problem solving. And yes. it's not about changing it all and changing your business model. And I love how you clarify that it's it's your offer. It's not in just what it is that you, it's in how you actually communicate that because yeah. it's almost like if you were selling, um, I'll use a course as an example because both of us are online course creators, but it's almost like instead of just having a 12 month program or like when during COVID, people really wanted connection, people really wanted community, mm. people really wanted, uh, you know, an element of potentially uh, having an online environment where they had the slides that they had all of that but now we're moving into you know I don't want to say we're back to normal but it's almost like people are no longer stuck at home People yeah. now have other things to do. They've got to get out of the house, take their kids to school. So it's like, they don't have the six months in front of a computer necessarily. Like they want things that are potentially like five minutes, quick lessons that you can implement to see these results. So it's like, it's not in changing your business. It's about actually knowing how you can tweak the messaging mm-hmm. and the offer so that your audience can be like, okay, now I get it. Like i I'm now, now this is the reason why I should do it now.
0: Because I yes. think,
1: and you'd probably get this Laura, it's like, if you cannot answer the question of why now, yeah, your audience will always have a reason as to why they will do it later. <laughs> it will always be like, I don't have the time. I don't have the insert, whatever. Like I'm not ready yet. Like, But if you can answer that question of why now at any given time for your yes. offer, I think that is like the double win. The double win, like, all together. Totally. And what
0: do you think, Anita? I'm curious about your thoughts of, in, in launches, we saw the urgency and the scarcity, particularly mm. during COVID and probably pre-COVID as well, like, doors are only open for this amount of time. If you sign up at this point, you'll get this bonus, but that bonus is going away. What What do you think? Do you think that that model mm. still, do
1: you see that still working Oh, that is so interesting. Uh, I was, um, we're in the thick of actually launch planning at the moment. And yeah, again, yeah. going back to what we were chatting about, it's one of those things where it's like, again, you've got to really think about where the audience is at right now. It's not mm. necessarily all about bonus stacking. I think yeah. back, back, I don't know, a year or two years ago, it's like you're taught, you know, by those gurus to like bonus yeah. stack and be like, oh my God, look at all these <laughs> yes. things that are included. But people look at that now and potentially be like, oh my god, I'm so overwhelmed. Yeah. Like that's a yeah. lot. Like I don't have I don't know if I have the time to go through all of like and I might <laughs> not get the most out of it because I don't yeah. have the time. So again, going back to what you were mentioning, you know, you've got to be intentional with now the and you should always have been intentional, but it's like you've got to be intentional with the bonuses that you select. Like if you know people are time poor which you know definitely now more so now that you know people are going back to work and all of that then those bonuses can't just be like an 100 page pdf yeah break that down into again let's just say simple five minute i don't know five minute actions that you can take over 30 days to get you to the block it could be the same content but it's presented the offer is presented differently because you acknowledge the fact that people are in a space where they're overwhelmed. So, it's yeah. a, um, it's going back to what we were chatting about, like, which is really taking into consideration what do people need right now instead of just using the same thing and regurgitating the same thing again and again. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I agree. And I think- it's What do you like- reckon? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's really interesting because- yeah, we're we're planning our next um, intake of my marketing playbook, and like prior to now, um, we we did kind of a launch recently, and it was the most chilled out launch I've ever done. And we didn't do any of that. <laughs> we just we sent out like yeah. a daily email, and we were like, yeah. hey, like the price of this program is going up. If you want to get it, here's like now's the time. And it
1: that's, was so, a- that's so funny. <laughs> like that the chillest, because we've the same, like the chillest launch ends up like legit, like just selling. Yes. Like, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> what? I do there's something to
0: that, isn't that? Like, I think sometimes yeah. in business we think um input equals output. And and a lot of the time it's like going, do you know what? The the people who are ready to buy. There's a, there's a large portion of people who are on our list, who follow us on Instagram, yeah. who are in our community, who aren't ready to buy yet. But that's okay. That's why we continue to nurture them. We continue to add value until they are. And so that's, that's kind of, that's fine. But the people who are ready to buy, this is the other thing I, I think a lot of people forget. When you don't make offers consistently, when you don't actually ask people, do you want to work with me? Like, if they're in your email list, if they're in your world, they, they probably do, you know? So it just might be a timing thing. But like, if you haven't sent out an offer in the last month, I encourage you, send an offer to your email list just to say, Hey, like, do you want to work together next month? Or I've got an opening in, we've got X amount of openings for the rest of the year. Like, actually inviting people to take action because you never know who's ready. Yes. They just need the invitation. So I think making 100%. offers is is really vital because you just don't know who's who's ready and and who's like, "Oh my gosh, I was just thinking about this." So it's it's really yes. valuable to to consistently do that. And I think maybe the reason our last launch was so chill <laughs> was because we had been making offers up until that point. So it was like we we were like, great, this is just part of our regular programming. We invite you to work with us because we really believe in what we do. So I think taking the pressure off the launch and making it that, hey, you can you can work with us. We'll, we'll invite you every month. We'll send you a little invite to come and join us if you want. <laughs> so just, I mean, maybe it's
1: a bit less pressure. Yeah, we we love to overcomplicate. We love to overcomplicate oh, okay. and we think like the more complicated, the better, but yeah. it's so not like, it's so not true. So it's very um, talking about the offer. Thank you. Like it's one of those things where <laughs> it sounds so obvious, <laughs> but it's <laughs> almost one of those things, you know, I think um, people get hazard coned by because they feel ick speaking yeah. about their offer. And I think there's something to tap into there because I think, and, and, and let's dive into that, because I think, you know, that, that is one of the biggest hazard cones. Like, I don't want to consistently annoy people and talk about, like, the offer and all of that. What are your, how do you navigate around that? You know, you mentioned that you um, give offers, like, or, or put out offers every month or every couple of weeks. Like, how do you navigate around that potential block where you're just like, oh, I don't know if I want to consistently, <laughs> like, you know, did you ever have that feeling? oh absolutely but once i
0: started seeing that pretty much what we what we do now is we we just treat our marketing like it's a conversation so we never send out things where it's like or we very rarely send out things where it's like here's the link for you to buy the thing it's more like we'll say hey we've got this opening or we're taking on another group of students in my marketing playbook or where applications are open for the Next Level Club, are you interested? And it's not a link. We're not sending like buy the thing. It's actually just starting a conversation. So I think how we've gotten over and I've particularly gotten over the, oh, my gosh, I don't want to make offers. I don't want people to feel like I'm selling to them is shifting it to I'm just having conversations with the people that are on our list to say, if you're here, it likely means that you're struggling with your marketing. If you're this type of person, we've actually got a really awesome solution for you. Do you want to chat about it? And it just becomes like uh, it takes the ick out of it. It takes the pushiness or the um, salesy element out of it because I'm not selling at that point, I'm actually just saying, hey, do you want to chat? And a lot of people mm-hmm. write back and they're like, yeah, I, I do. That actually sounds really good. And I think you touched on this earlier, Anita. It's funny that we have our own insecurities about selling, but our mm-hmm. customer or our ideal customer has insecurities about buying. And so, like, it's like we're over here going, oh, I don't want to invite them because I don't want to be pushy. And they're over here going, I'm not good enough to work with Anita yet. I am i don't have enough sales yet, or I, I, I can't possibly approach her. I'm not ready. Um, I couldn't afford it. I don't have enough time. They're, they've got their dialogue going on over here, and we've got our dialogue mm. going on over here. And so I think if if it's constantly like we're meeting them and saying, hey, whenever you're ready, or whenever you feel a little bit ready, let's chat. So I think it's just actually going, it's just conversations. It's just, yes. and that's all selling is. And the other thing, I, I, is. I think a lot of people uh, minimize the connection between marketing and sales and they think marketing, I need to devote a lot of this time to marketing, but they forget about the sales part of it and and that's really marketing is there to drive sales so it's kind of yes we can't disconnect the two so I think if you find yourself having a negative mindset around selling which I totally get and I've totally been there like I was the salesperson that Same. pretty much like <laughs> walked out, people in out. yeah seriously I talked people out of working with me don't all worry the time. Don't buy it. yeah this sucks don't worry about it like sorry, I wasted your time pretty much. I totally get that. And I've totally been there. And the only way you can get over it is by doing it and by going, all right, it's just a conversation. It's just the way that I can, I can help my people that I love working with. So I think if you can get through your sale, your, your apprehension or your fear around sales It's going to mean your marketing becomes so much stronger because we're not Mm. marketing from this place of, oh, I couldn't like imposter syndrome or like, you know, I'm going to be pushy or people aren't going to want to work with me or any of that stuff. It's actually like, no, I've got something awesome that really helps people. And if they're ready, if they're, if they're keen, if they really need help, then they know I'm here.
1: Yes. And it's a different energy, isn't it? Like when you approach it from a space of, I know this is good value. I know this is awesome. I know this is going to yeah. deliver epic value. And if it's if you're not ready yet, that's totally okay. I'm gonna yes. put it out there. Versus, oh, I don't want to annoy people. Oh, maybe, oh, okay. Uh, I'll say, uh, no, no, no. Like it's a completely different energy. And one of the things that I yes. think we often Forget is people can feel that energy too. Like when you approach it from the space of I don't want to annoy people, versus I know my value and I know the transformation. Whenever you're ready, join. People can yes. feel it. Like even when you say it right now, even when we're talking about it right now, you can feel that energy. Um, and yeah. um, I listened to this on a podcast recently, and it was like if I told you um, Laura, put your hand up, put your hand up right now. Like no one can see it, but like put your hand up. Yeah. So she's could put, put her hand up, right? I'm firm, I'm clear, but if I'm like, oh, Laura, um, if you want, like, uh, it's okay if you don't, but um, I don't want to waste your time. But if you want to put your hand up, like, it's okay. If, like, people can feel it. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> no one can totally. see this and people are like, what the heck are these two about? But you know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> it's it's a conversation. Marketing and sales is a conversation. I think that is such a powerful insight. If you can, the conversation's already happening. The dialogue's already mm-hmm. happening. Our role as communicators, as marketers, as, you know, uh, salespeople, which we are if you're in business, like, is to continue that conversation. It's more fun yes. that way. It's fun totally. That way.
0: And that's where I think
1: <laughs> the brand personality,
0: this is why all of it is so connected, but the brand personality and the tone and the copy is so important because it means that they're like, oh, that's an email from Laura. Yeah. Or, that's an email from Anita. I can tell. And it it becomes like, oh, I'm, we're friends. Like we, we, you know how I sound. I'm like, we have this connection and it becomes more relational and, and less transactional Mm. that way. So it's so valuable. And it probably just, you know, hearing this, you might think, oh my goodness, I've got so much to do, but it's, it, it doesn't need to be like that. It's just being mindful of these different areas and, and, The ways that we could improve by 1% in one of these areas. It just makes those little shifts, the little level ups, make a big difference over time.
1: Yes. I love that. It's um it's it's an evergoing thing. Stop trying to do all the things. And I love how you mentioned literally just the 1%. Just the 1%. Yeah. Every day. Laura, this has been Epic. So much fun chatting with you always. Um, I have two final questions for you. And the first one is, I guess, if there is one one th- that the listeners can, I guess, potentially take action on this week, if they're listening right now, <laughs> uh, yeah. w- w- what could that be to kind of do that 1% for their marketing, up-level their marketing by 1%? I would say
0: make an offer. I would say invite yes. the people who are in your world, whether they're on your email list, whether they're on Instagram, invite them to work with you and see what happens.
1: Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, talk about your offer, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't talk about it, people might just see your like legit, like a Pinterest board of info. You don't want yes. to do that. Yeah. yes. <laughs> That's powerful. Yes, yes, yes. And last but definitely not least, if people listening in and they want to learn more about you. uh, Where can they find you?
0: Yes, you can find me on Instagram at lalasocialclub.co. And I send out a weekly kind of pep talk via video that you can get every Friday. It's called Pep Talk Friday. So if you want access to that, send me a DM with the word pep talk and I'll send you the link and you can...
1: Get amongst it. You. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for such oh. a incredible chat, Laura. Love it always. Um, and so appreciate you. Oh, thank you. And thanks for having me
0: on. I love it. Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play for this week. I hope that you found this super helpful. Shout out to Anita and the team from Brand Fetty and from Wordfetti. If you want to check out their podcast, we have linked it in the show notes. Highly recommend. And also you can listen to uh, my interview with Anita. Also, here. So we'll link that in the show notes as well. Alrighty, team. As always, have an incredible week. If you have any questions, if you have any ideas for topics we should cover next, please send me a DM on Instagram at lalasocialclub.co. I love, love, love hearing from you. Alrighty, team. I'll see you back here, same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, go get them.